0: Luke chapter 15 verses 1 to 10.
1: Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say rejoice with me because i have found my lost coin in the same way there is joy in the presence of god's angels when even one sinner repents
0: jesus is using parables and for those of you who are not familiar with the term it's stories from everyday life, but with a spiritual punch to drive a meaning there to get them think about um, their spiritual condition. And Jesus is very clever, is very good, he's very practical, very pragmatic in the way that he approaches people. And what we have noticed with Luke is that he is picking up Moments of Jesus' life and ministry, of stories that Jesus has used in several occasions to draw the attention, to make people think about their condition before God. So, Luke is very conscious also the fact that the gospel of Jesus is not just for the Jews. It's a very open for the Gentiles, for anybody who wants to believe in Jesus. So he is very good, also Luke, in picking up these stories. What is going on in Jesus' ministry is that the word police is after him. Jesus cannot say the right word in the right way to please the Pharisees and scribes. They, they don't agree with what Jesus is saying. They don't see how this kingdom is so upside down. Why would somebody come to set free the oppressed, to declare the year of the Lord? What is it doing? And it's not only that, so the, the, the word police is not only acting in catching Jesus to say something that he should not say. But now we are in the gospel, in a place in the gospel where they're looking for him to do something which is not appropriate. And this is what's happening here. He has been caught several times for the scribes and the Pharisees to be saying something, and now he's eating and hanging around with sinners and tax collectors who are not worthy of the presence of the Pharisees and scribes. Why? Because this is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is how Jesus is going to model that. So he is going to use stories from everyday life. Stories such as losing things. How many of you get really frustrated when they lost something? How many of you are not bothered if they've lost something? Depends what it is. I have got a habit of losing keys. And do you know when they brought that gadget that you'd whistle and they'll go beep, 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 beep. I wish I had one of those, but but losing is such such a, a daily thing that it's so interesting how Jesus picks up from that story and he wants to drive a spiritual lesson. And for me, it's not about losing things. I worry more about the time that I have to spend to find that thing. And isn't it, Peculiar and ironic that you happen to lose things, especially when you're rushed for time. So Jesus is gathering his people there and he says, Okay, if you were really thinking that (sighs) sitting down and eating and reaching out to the lowest of the lowest of the society, but here is a lesson. And he will use three stories. The story of the lost sheep. That starts with a question. The second story is the story of the lost silver coin. Again, starts with a question. And then the third story is the story of the lost two sons. So Jesus is trying also to give here a spiritual lesson, not only from that place of lostness, but it's interesting here how you see that there is joy in finding the things that were lost. There is that few moments There is that hurrah moment. And again, Jesus wants for the listeners to engage with him in this way. Now, my definition of lostness from these three stories is when you are strayed or away from the place that you are meant to be. And what is more realistic in Jesus' telling story is that he is working from the place of common sense. Otherwise, it would be stupid. So why, why would one shepherd leave 99 sheep and go for look for one sheep? Why wouldn't he be worried about those? No, this is ridiculous. Why would the lady who's lost the silver coin just turn the whole house upside down just to find it? This is really absurd. And the story of the father, why would somebody who's been really denied and has been, has been shown everything possible to, to, to reject him, why would he sit there and wait ready for the sun to turn home and go and jump. This is ridiculous. And yet, Jesus wants to draw the attentions of the ph- Pharisees and scribes and his disciples by giving this lesson. So, the causes of loss in these three stories. The first story with the losing of the sheep, it's distraction. Sheep need boundaries, they are stupid. Distraction, a little bit more green grass here and they'll go a little bit more and a little bit more. What is the cause of of loss for the second story? It's gravity. It's no resistance. What is the cause of lostness for the third story? The first son, it was choices. The second son, he was also lost. He was lost in his not-so-worthy or his worthiness. I don't know about you, but as I said, uh, this, by reading the Gospel of Luke, I've been trying to keep it separate, and I've taken notes. And this is very, very interesting. Because what Jesus is doing here, for those of you who are uh, musical, is that he is using three different stories, like musical instruments, They're playing the same tune, but they're coming from from their their place of of music. Jesus is talking here about the misery of being lost, the misery of being out of the place that you were meant to be, and the joy of being found. And funny enough, the size of the loss in each story grows. So with the story of the lost sheep, you've got 1% loss. The story of the lost coin, you've got 10% loss. And the story of the lost son, you've got 50% loss. And it grows. So loss is a place where you are astray away from the place that you are meant to be and although the percentage grows the pain is the same one thing that i've noticed and i've studied it, uh, this week is uh, different commentaries are are coming to these three stories also from that angle that actually Jesus and Luke is picking up these three stories from a Trinitarian way of salvation. Because actually, it's the son who goes, the son, the the, the shepherd who goes to seek and find the lost. It's the son who's sent to seek and find the lost. It's the spirit that lady who lights the light and goes for the helpless, the, the inanimate, brings light. The one who cannot help themselves. And it's the father who waits and welcomes. Because God takes the loss of his creation very seriously And he is zealous. He is committed to find, to recover, and to restore. He is committed to find the wanderer, the one who goes on and on and on. He is committed to find the helpless. He is committed to wait and to welcome the foolish. And this... Is all about hope this is the hope that the father God gives through sending his son to us for God so loved the world that he sent his only son the most precious thing so whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting son life the father did not send the son To condemn the world, carries on verse um, 17. But to save the world. This is the beauty of this long suffering, long waiting, sitting with, ready to see the son on the long distance, to see the daughter on the long distance, to come home. This is the amazing God that we've got our hope on. And when we talk about church, that we want to be bringing the hope of Jesus to Westbury Park and beyond, this is where we have found our hope. Because Jesus has met us in our lostness. Everyone, everyone, with no exception, has to come broken before Jesus. Jesus. From that state of foolishness, from that state of carelessness, from that state of helplessness. All those things, Jesus comes and meets us, and he wants to give us life. And this is the hope that we, his church, have been entrusted with. This is the hope that we've been given so we can go and share it. God takes the loss of his people, his creation, so seriously that he's committed, he's zealous to find, to recover, and to restore. There are two kinds of lostness here. The lostness of a sinner who needs a savior, and God finds, and maybe that's you today. Maybe you've been following Christianity for for a while and you've not made that commitment yet. And God is reaching out to you in wherever state you are and he's saying, come home. I love you. I want to give you life. But maybe this story may be for you who may be lost in the worthiness of yourself. That actually, I'm happy with the way you are. I'm happy with the way I am. And the way, if God does something that, that bothers my worthiness, then I get flustered because God cannot do that. I'm obsessed with myself, with my worthiness. But God meets us even in our lostness where we are that's what Jenny started the service this morning with God meets us even in our lostness where we are so what are some of the things that we can take from these three stories well my first application is I look at the story of the Good Shepherd And although it sounds very bizarre and ridiculous that somebody should leave 99 sheep and go after one, it's a story that actually pushes me and prompts me to think about my values. My values. So the challenge that I've got for you today is, are you prepared... To rethink your values. And if your values do not match with the upside-down ridiculousness of the kingdom of Jesus. Then allow him to visit you today. The second story. I love how this housewife, how this woman is Lighting this light, and the, the ESV that I'm reading from says, is searching diligently, seeks diligently until she finds the coin. And perhaps as we embrace this, bringing the hope of Jesus to Westbury Park and beyond, perhaps as a church, God is challenging us to revisit Our diligence. Do we want to be diligent enough, seeking diligently until we see people come to know, come to be found, to be recovered, to be restored? Application number three from the story of the Sons, check out for excuses whether you know the love of your Heavenly Father or not. Check out for the excuses for the choices that you make. And application number four which comes from the other side, son, is that God's presence, God's homecoming welcome has nothing to do with you pleading your worthiness, with me pleading my worthiness. It does not sit in his presence. We all have to come to Jesus and say, we are not worthy. And thank you that you have made us sons and daughters. Thank you that you've been waiting for us to come home. Thank you that you are allowing us to bring this hope to people so they can be found, they can be coming home, they can be enjoying the presence and the celebration and the joy that the Father has got. Because the son was lost but now is found the son choose to turn his back to the father came to his senses confessed that what he's done is stupid and said oh, I'm missing out on being in my father's presence even if I have to eat like servants I'll prefer that so the stories of lostness the stories of losing things the stories of us being lost does anything resonate with you today I don't want for you to leave this place today not knowing that God wants to miss sorry God wants to meet with you in your lostness and God wants to do a great job because he's the one as Philippians reminds who started that good job when we came to Christ when we put our faith in him And will bring it to completion in the day of jesus christ the heavenly father who waits and seeks and jumps and runs to you is a heavenly father who always does a good job so i wanted to encourage you today i really wanted to encourage you as we I mean, I don't know, I was talking to somebody earlier on. I don't know whether, is it okay to say we're coming out of this pandemic? It's, it's, it's so confusing. But wherever we are, God wants to meet with us. Maybe you're sitting here today, you're confused. Maybe you think sit, get, sitting here and you think, well, I'm lost in this. And God wants to meet with you there. So what we're going to do is, I'm going to allow some space now in the, for, for us to quieten our hearts and see where the Holy Spirit has prompted us to, 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 to grapple with. And then Jenny's going to uh, come and lead us with a band for the final bit of worship. But also, um, we say normally or regularly about opportunity to pray. And... Whenever I say that, I don't say that flippantly, and I don't say it because um, I don't mean it. But if you've really been challenged today, and you'd like someone to pray with you, to pray for you, come forward. Sam, um, one of the church elders, is coming here as well. If somebody else who wanted to be part of this prayer ministry that wants to contribute and to to be praying for people, come, there is no no, uh, restrictions here. But I just want to leave this time that if God has prompted you and you think you want somebody to pray for you, don't hold back. God wants to meet you and he wants to have joy over you today. Let's quieten our hearts in prayer.